This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Thanks for taking the time. Really glad to have this young man on. You know his last name is very famous. It's Braden Sorbo. He is, of course, Kevin Sorbo's son. How are you, Braden? Good to see you. Good to meet you. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. He's an actor. He's an author. He's a comedian. He's got um, great virality over on social media, which we'll get into in depth in a moment. Uh, he's in a couple of movies coming up, Left Behind and also Miracle in East Texas, which is coming out, I believe, next month, Miracle in East Texas. Um, and you're also an author. Dude, you can't be 20. How old are you? I'm 22. How exactly are you an like a, an accomplished published author, you're an actor that's in films that we can go and see, and you've got this great presence on TikTok. Is it just something that you've been driven and motivated since birth, or what? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I was I was homeschooled from you know second grade all the way through my graduation, so it's it's impressive what I tell people. I graduated top three in my class, and less impressive when I mention <laughs> that I was schooled at home <laughs> and got second place to my dog. <laughs> but he was smart. He's a good dog. Um, no, I mean, I was I was traveling all around growing up on sets, you know, and so I had this experience of being behind the camera and seeing what it was like yeah. uh, being in front of the camera, being, you know, on each aspect of each role that's required for a crew and cast to complete a film. And I sort of have adapted that into my personal life in many different ways. And so it's it's enabled me to do all this public speaking and to do this this writing. I was just at the University of Akron talking about uh, masculinity and feminism, specifically because my brand on social media, on TikTok is primarily comedy and on Instagram is is a lot more geared towards fitness and, right. and a healthy lifestyle. I mean, my shirt right here that you can see says, take steroids. Uh, that's one of my branded shirts. The other one is embrace masculinity because what I do a lot of public speaking on is the fact that we're, we're losing what it means to be a traditionally masculine man in today's world. And so I've been, you know, I graduated high school at 18 and I didn't want to go to college because I realized I wanted to be an actor and you don't necessarily need a degree to sit in front of a camera and say words. Right. And so right. I talked to my parents about it and we sort of brainstormed the idea of creating a book. And it took me, it took me a couple months to figure out what it is exactly I wanted to write about. But in the end, I, I kind of whittled it down to the fact that I've, love making people laugh. And I've always been interested in politics. You know, I did competitive speech and debate from my freshman year of high school all the way to my senior year graduation. And I loved the aspect of, you know, the political talks, but in a humorous kind of comedic way, because yeah. politics, as you know, is very dark. It's very heavy. It's very angry. You know, like I can't even watch dark TV shows anymore. I have to watch comedies now because my whole life is just revolved around knowing what's happening in the mainstream media. You know, they say ignorance is bliss, and I like to tell people I'm pretty miserable. <laughs> it is uh, Braden Sorbo. You can go and follow him. Over on TikTok, is it actually your first and last name? Yeah, it started with just Braden S because I was working on developing my own brand. And once I yeah. hit a half a million subs, uh, followers, I realized that this could be something that I really could, you know, grow with. And so I attached my full name to it. 
and, and I love the videos that you're putting up there. I've got to go back to the Take Steroids brand. Hello. Um, so so w- what was the thought process coming up with that? You know darn well the left is now going to try to cancel you for any suggestion that people take steroids or, or the fact that you think masculinity is okay. Like, of course, I think and your dad thinks, uh, of course, it's okay. But but what was the thought process coming up with that? You know it's going to be controversial. Yeah, I've, I've always been invested in controversy. I've loved kind of the aspect of taking the path less traveled. And so when I was creating these shirts, I had Embrace Masculinity, which in itself is very kind of, you know, going against the grain. Yes. I, I was I was sitting down eating my food and my friends and I, we've always made jokes about, oh, what if I just take one cycle, just juice really quick, you know, just to see what happens. <laughs> and so we've always made those jokes. And I thought that would actually be a funny T-shirt. And so here it is. And, and uh, now, have you heard back from people saying it's dangerous, you're teaching kids to do the wrong thing, you're going to kill people? Have you heard all that? Well, I mean, I've heard everything, right? I'm in favor of, you know, the the ability that we have the knowledge of the world at our fingertips in a phone, right? And so you can very easily research before actually buy. You can't even go out and just buy steroids. Like, you have to intentionally search for it. You're not going to go trick-or-treating this year and get a, a pack of, of <laughs> testosterone in your kid's bag. It's not how it works. Oh, I got a Snickers bar and, and a needle. This is awesome. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm with you, and, and I love that it starts a conversation. People have to talk about that brand. People have to talk about how this guy, this young guy, Braden, wants us to embrace uh, masculinity, which is awesome. Um, I, I love that, but how are you successful on TikTok knowing that? Now, those who are watching listening know that I spoke out against TikTok, dropped my, my account, then I put it back on. We've got over 100,000 now. It pales in comparison to your following. But you know that if you say take steroids or wear that T-shirt, and I'm sure you do, um, on TikTok, you're probably going to get flagged. Somebody's going to complain. It's like a mass reporting system on TikTok. If you say, why are we still in Ukraine? Why are we spending so much money? It'll be flagged that I'm somehow a Putin uh, um, you know, puppet. So how do you get away with it? How, how, do, you, how do you show people that brand and still grow? So I have been very lucky with my audience specifically, the people that follow me. I started out with controversial jokes. And so the people who were, you know, seeing my page, the the golden era of TikTok was 2019 in the summer. And that was when the the Chinese, I guess, had kind of released their grip a little bit and sort of just let whatever go. And so you were able to say and do a lot more than you are now. The problem now is that it's become a lot more restrictive. And so everyone sees it from, you know, the 2023 perspective, which is where you're at. And, you know, that's where we're all at. But that's what most people are kind of being introduced to it. Right. Finally, because they stayed away from it for so long. And I even tell people, I say, look, I'm very blessed to have started my brand and, you know, exploded on TikTok the way that I have. But I don't recommend you have it. You know, if you do get the app, have a burner phone, you know, where you don't have your personal data on it. Just don't keep it in your personal device but it's it's been a blessing for me having the following that i have with people who care more about just having a laugh rather than being offended at what's being put out and i almost stopped actually because i have been hate rated constantly with people mass reporting everything to take the videos down i had it for almost a year straight and it was at about month eight when I was, you know, at my breaking point. I said, this is stupid. I'm just going to yeah. need it. You know, I maybe had one, 1.2 million followers. And I was like, all right, this is, it was great while well, it lasted, but it's just, it's not lasting anymore. You know, I've seen other people that I know fall off. I guess this is just my time. And um, I remember I went to my Instagram DMs just because, and I got a message request from this kid. It was like, hey, you know, I'm a 14 year old. I'm a freshman in high school. And I just want to say, you know, I get bullied a lot and 
I've been on the verge of committing suicide and I found your page. And now I go home after school every day and I wait for you to post your daily video. And so I just want to thank you because you're the thing that kind of kept me going. That's great. There kept me going. And then four months later, I managed to break through that kind of that wall that I had hit. But I like I said, my audience is amazing. It's uh, Braden Sorbo, B-R-A-E-D-E-N-S-O-R-B-O. Go and follow him over on, uh, on on TikTok. You say you're on Instagram, but it's not as big a deal because it's a different age audience? I would love I would love everyone to be on Instagram rather than TikTok. I mean, yeah. I, my content there is a little bit different. You know, I'm posting. I'm, I'm a dancer now, or sort of. I'm not by no means professional, but I love going <laughs> to you know, a country bar and, and spinning around and stuff like that. And so I'll post some of that. And then I'll uh, I'll post workout content. I, my main goal on Instagram is to remind people that to be uh, healthy mentally, you have to be healthy physically. And so yes. we'll need to. And it, it's literally as simple as going outside and getting sunlight in the morning at lunch and before dinner. Right. Just getting sunlight three times a day, just going out for a few minutes. And, and so I really do uh promote that as much as I can on my Instagram. And, and yeah, my, my TikTok followers don't transfer over to Instagram as much. Cause like I said, I'm not a girl in a bikini, you know, bouncing <laughs> up and down. they have no reason to go over there. Right. No, I hear you. It's uh, it's Braden Sorbo. Go follow him everywhere. Sorbostudios.com is the website for he and his, and his, and his family. Uh, I apologize for not knowing Sam is your mom, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, I, I love that she is such an advocate of homeschooling and you alluded to this and I talk, I've had her on before, and I asked her specifically, for those who are watching and listening, who don't think they have the resources nor the wherewithal to do homeschooling, she made it clear that you really can if you put your mind to it. Um, how long did it was? It wasn't like an eight or nine hour day when you're homeschooled, right? I mean, you were able to work that around your mom and dad's schedule, right? Well, I mean, I would wake up at six, do all my work by myself and be done before 10. <laughs> nice. There you <laughs> I go. I deal with my parents that, you know, at 13 years old, if I finished all my schoolwork before 1 p.m., I could get an extra 30 minutes on my Xbox. And I'll tell you, that made me work. That, That's that a good incentive. It's a very good incentive. So I mean, so it's your belief. Now, I'm guessing that you, that all of your friends are not homeschooled people because they weren't in your home being schooled. So I'm guessing that you know people and you're friendly with people who actually went to public school or, or a private school out there, you know, away from home. How different is it? Well, I mean, I was the most introverted Sorbo kid in the three. There's yeah. I have two younger siblings. My brother's 19. My sister is 17. And they're both introverts, right? And I am extremely extroverted. So I... I never really had a problem with making friends with kids who went to public school or kids who went to private school because I would just go out and meet people, right? I had a youth group back home in California that I went to and all it took was meeting one person there who invited me to the beach with his friends or to a party that he was throwing where I met other people who invited me to other things. And so, I mean, I've been around public schoolers my whole life, but my core group of friends here now, even though they were public schooled, they're all in the same mindset with me of we're having kids and we're going to homeschool all of them. Yeah, and that's very smart, I think. And again, I think a lot of people find it to be daunting. They don't think that it's available to them. But I really do think that it, that it is, and they can also go and check out what your mom puts out online, and it'll be a really good guide for them. He's a comedian, he's an actor, he's an author, and uh, he's a great guy, an influencer over on TikTok and Instagram and, and elsewhere. It's Braden Sorbo. Tell me about Left Behind. Is that out now? So Left Behind came out in January, and we had a theatrical run with Fathom for uh, over a month. We had phenomenal kind of a claim that we received from that film. We had a lot of people reaching out on the Sorbo Studios website kind of saying, hey, look, you, you're saying exactly what we're thinking. Thank you for making movies that are fighting against the current narrative in Hollywood. And so we're releasing this next one, The Miracle in East Texas, which is a true story about the largest oil strike in the history of the world. And it's it's 
kind of got a fun twist on it, right? So it's a true story in the form of a tall tale, as we like to say. But it comes out October 28th. It's going to be in theaters. People can get their tickets on Sorbo Studios. And we really loved what Sound of Freedom did with their um, their ability to pay it forward where you could buy a ticket for someone else. Right. And so we've instituted that on our website as well, giving a, a nod to them and their uh, ingenuity. But we're... We're really excited for this one because, as you know, Hollywood is just putting out movie after movie. I talked about it in my speech when I was at uh, the University of Akron. There is a a war against masculinity right now. I mean, Elastigirl in The Incredibles from 2004 said, leave the saving of the world to men. I don't think so, right? And every Hollywood movie since then has been a subtle nod to kind of the, the strength and the empowerment and, and the genius of women compared to their weak kind of useless male counterparts who put right. themselves down as cannon fodder for our amusement. Right. And it's so commonplace that we don't even notice it. I compiled together with the help of a YouTuber named Pop Culture Detective and his video series on it. I compiled together a large kind of uh, a compilation of jokes about rape made against men because for some reason in Hollywood it's funny if a man is the victim of sexual assault because what happens wow. you can then you can then perceive him as weaker because another man treated him as though he were you know inferior and so he is now a meek kind of uh, uh, inferior person who is deserved he's deserved of belittlement and even worse and so I, I really encourage people, you know, to fight against Hollywood and to see movies like Left Behind, which are now streaming online or Miracle in East Texas. I mean, if people if people want to actually fight against what's going on in the culture today, they need to go see these movies in theaters. They can't wait for them to come out because by then it's too late. And the way that it works, and correct me if I get this wrong, Braden, uh, the way that it works is if enough people go and see it and if there's enough demand, they'll add more dates, right? Yeah, that's what we had with Left Behind. There was such a large number of tickets sold for the opening night that the movie theaters extended it an immediate week. And by the second night, they'd already opened it up for a full month because so many people were going and they were bringing their friends and they were bringing their families. They were bringing their church congregations. They were bringing their neighborhoods. And we need people like that to go support movies that are fighting against you know, the Hollywood narrative, the things that are that are emasculating men, that are destroying the culture and are and are essentially blurring the lines between the genders so much that we can't tell what's what anymore. I mean, C.S. Lewis wrote in Abolition of Man, he goes, we make men without chests and expect of them virtue and honor. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm, I'm a big old dude. I, I've stood next to your dad at Mar-a-Lago. He probably has an inch on me. But I'm a 250-pound uh, guy. I mean, I work out a lot. You're a big guy. Your dad's a big guy. You don't have to be as big as us, by the way, uh, to be able to, to, to be out there and have the virtues of a, of a masculine human being. Uh, and it, you're so right. I saw a video just a couple of days ago. I don't know if you've seen this, but it was from Disney, from Walt Disney, probably in the 30s or 40s. It was an animated, I, I think it might have even been black and white. They took this big, strong, burly guy, put him into like a chair, almost like the electric chair that you would kill somebody who's a, a criminal. And they, they set it off, and the result was him coming out with lipstick and looking more feminine, being a little tiny person. It was like taking men in society and purposely making them less than. And, and it's so strange to me that anybody ever accepted that because women, by the way, don't tell anybody, are more attracted to people who are masculine, are more attracted to people who can be hunters and gatherers and protectors and, and the head of the household. And they, they really do still have that. It's inherent inside of us. But this sea change in Hollywood to say they're the, they're the anti-Braden, they're the anti-Kevin, you know, Kevin, 
Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. How is that? How is that even possible that they thought that would be profitable? I know that the woke crowd is going for it, but we're seeing movies completely take a dump now. Nobody's going and seeing these these movies that are all so woke. Yeah, there is a. Uh, <laughs> so the I, I 100% agree with what you were saying. You know, there is no woman who who is willing to settle for a liberal man, is what I like to say. Right? Inherently, deep down, when it when it comes down to it, women want a conservative man because they know that that is the man who is going to stand up for them rather than run away in the face of danger right and so you're seeing you know like like you said the walt disney uh clip from the 40s turning the man into you know a little weak kind of small guy with lipstick on and stuff like that yeah we're seeing that tenfold here i mean my my first example is the newest thor movie the thor love and thunder there was a scene where Thor is trapped and he's, you know, chained up. He's like this and he's like locked in the thing. And one of the gods goes like this and all of his clothes go away and everyone kind of oogles him. And I was going to imagine if they did that to a woman in the movie. No, forget it. You'd be canceled immediately. You couldn't do that. No, they couldn't do that. But the thing is, they make these movies. The movies bomb because they're terrible regardless. But the investment that they receive goes up because there is a rating system called the ESG rating, which is yeah. really a computer that kind of calculates which which kind of company is the most socially progressive and so you get these companies fighting to be the most liberal the most progressive the most kind of anti uh anti-traditional traditionalist that we have and they're the ones receiving the most investments so at the end of the day it doesn't necessarily matter if what they're making makes money they're making money just because investors are putting money in so, so in other words they don't care if the product is any good they're going to get they're going to get paid in the backside because they were good on dei or esg really yeah, they, they don't care. You have – think of The Witcher, the Henry Cavill TV show. Yeah. The first season was awesome. I loved it. It, it was easily my favorite Netflix show. You know, And, and I love watching Henry Cavill. He is a great example of a big, strong dude that's yes. actually made to be a big, strong dude. And so it's, it's cool for guys like me to look at him and go, all right, I want to be as big as him. Just like with people watching Hercules growing up. They look yes. at you know, my dad and they go, I want to be as big as Hercules, as strong as Hercules. And so – I had that. That's what I watched when I started working out. Henry Cavill was the next iteration of the big, strong guy who worked out that I was like, I want to be like him. The thing is, the showrunners for The Witcher are quoted saying during interviews, we don't really care for the source material. That right wow. there should be enough to disqualify them as showrunners. Right. The only reason the show was any success for the first season was because Henry Cavill is a massive nerd who followed the books and the games as best as he could. Exactly. And they called him a misogynist for it. So he finally left. Brayden, thanks for coming on. Do me a favor. Come on again soon, would you? I would love to. Thanks for having me. Also get his book called The BS Guide to Politics, and we're back after this. Stay right here. You're listening to Joe Pags. I appreciate you hanging out this week. Do me a favor, stop by rumble.com slash JoePags or go to JoePags.com, check out the podcast. For any interviews that you might have missed, any information you might have missed, that's Polo, that's Kerry, that's, that's Monica in for Sam. I'm Joe. Have a good weekend. Talk to you Monday. Bye. This is the Joe Pags Show.